T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. Good afternoon. Tuesday afternoon. Hot day. Nice, nice. This is the kind of weather we want this time of year, right? Or is it too hot for you? That's one of the things, if you were the emperor or the dictator, whatever. You know, we're moving quickly towards being a communist-style country where, uh, well, we already know that our democratic systems don't work anymore. They've been sold off. The power's been sold off to special interests by the elected class. So we no longer have effective electoral politics. And what we do have is this uh, media partnership with the Democratic Party, and they're jamming all this anti-democratic stuff down our throats and forcing new ways of living and thinking and being that have nothing to do with our culture, our traditional culture, or what most people would choose. But over time, everyone's getting used to it. It's like student loans. Everybody, when student loans started, I think, thought it was a bad idea knew it was a dangerous thing for me. I, I think back to Jerry Ford in, what was that, 76? And there was that headline in the Daily News or the New York Post, whatever it was, drop dead New York, because New York wanted a bailout. And President Ford said, no way. And that, that caused a bit of a rift. But it's fairly recent. If you think about history, that's 50 years ago. 50 years ago, we knew enough. Everybody knew enough. I mean, Jerry Ford did that knowing... One, that that was the right thing to do. You don't merge the federal government with the state. He knew that, and he was no Rhodes Scholar. No, he was a good president, though, Jerry Ford. It's too bad he didn't get, a, he didn't get those Carter years, so something good could have happened in the country. But the point being, we're moving in the wrong direction. Everybody can feel us going into a situation of dictatorship. So I thought it'd be fun to talk about what your preferences would be. If you were the king or the emperor or the dictator of the new America, I suppose it will still be called the United States. Or maybe it'll just be called America because there won't be states really anymore. They're getting rid of those too. What would your preferences be? 
for changing the country small ways like like uh, i read today that um starbucks has the pumpkin latte back for the 19th year and i do link the pumpkin latte with the the progressive demise of the country like how can anybody do something so cruel to coffee so if i were the emperor of america i would say i would outlaw pumpkin lattes <laughs> I would. Well, everybody has their things, right? What would you get rid of? What would you eliminate? What would you want gone? What would have to be gone in your mind? I guess is the question. Like, what What really? Talking, you know, I mean, it's nice to think about this in a non-political way, I think, and, and just to uh, get our to take a more humorous and lighter approach into the whole idea of the student loan thing was done showed that 60% of Americans uh, supported student loans. Now that will change, I'm sure. But still the point is that we adapt to the idea. We have adapted to the idea of government paying for everything, buying us everything. And that idea is an idea of oppression. Having government pay for everything means they have to take the money from us, which is what we feel. What That's what the Connecticut malaise is. The Connecticut malaise is having a state where inordinate amounts of resources are taken out of your pocket, and it hurts to, to try to reside here. It hurts to try to survive. So that's what it's all about. Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. Anthony, nothing's working for me in particular right now. Trying to get the uh, call screener going and stuff like that since the computer crashed, but it's not. Uh... Yeah, but I can't get anything to work. Pushing buttons and computers aren't responding. Anyway, I'll keep working on it. So that's what I want to know from you, is where you are on certain things. You know, what bugs you in the culture? Movies. Have you noticed that movies now run about three hours long? And I, was, I wasn't bad with an hour and 40 minutes. I thought an hour and a half was sometimes too short. Can't be under an hour and a half. But, but I don't want to sit in the chair for two and a half, two forty-five, three hours. How about you, Anthony? You been to any movies that are crazy long like that? Because that's a new thing. They they feel like to get you in the movie theater, they have to leave in all the outtakes. So they, they make them go on forever. That new Batman movie, which I really loved, was like three hours, and it, it was a little rough. So you loved it, and you still felt the length well, was Well, it's just hard sitting still, sitting still that long, you know. Like, I don't know. I like moving around, getting some water, whatever. It's hard to get up in a movie like that without missing something. Yeah, they should uh, they should have an intermission or or give you a break. That's what they used to do in the old three hour movie days. From before, really, well, I guess when I was a little kid, I remember that they they had uh, they had trailers they showed in the beginning and they showed newsreels. I remember newsreels, and then they would have a break in a long movie. Anyway, I don't like the go back. I like the comfy seats. I liked uh, the assigned seats. I don't like. The comfy seats are a game changer. In a good way or a bad way? 
No, yeah, in a good way. It's amazing. Aren't they great? Those seats are the best. I want I want a house built around those seats. Those seats are gorgeous things. And and they uh you know, they give you the tolerance. Like you can sit the only way I can see getting through a three hour movie is having a nice little doze in the middle. So on my list we would get rid of um we would get rid of pumpkin lattes. Actually anything with that pumpkin flavoring, those spices. What what we think of as being the pumpkin spices. I would never get anything on purpose with those and I would have trouble surviving. <laughs> Today like was the first day of pumpkin spice at Starbucks, and Mary got it. She did? Yeah. Well, that's really for girls, isn't it? Don't you think? Yeah, I guess, for the most part. I mean, guys like it, too. Really? You sure? Yeah. I find that hard to believe. People love pumpkin. I think it's overrated, but people do. But that's not pumpkin. That's the thing. That's the suspicious thing to this. It's one of the ways we've been tricked. Pumpkin is pumpkin, and pumpkin doesn't taste like that much, but it does make a nice pie if you don't add the pumpkin spices. Do you know what the pumpkin spices are? I just read it, and now I can't remember what they are. Cinnamon and, what, allspice? I don't know, but those things don't belong in a beverage, in a coffee, because in a coffee you're supposed to taste coffee. Agree or disagree. Anyway, that's my, that's if I were the emperor of the new Soviet American Socialist Republic. I guess that's what the new name of the country will be. The American Socialist Republic. What do you think about that name? The word republic is there, is there I assume. I'm taking that from the, from the uh, communist countries we've known in the past. But I, I think the reason... They have those republic there is just to make it a nod towards a democratic system, a representative government. But that would be a representative government like we have in America today, where they run around and act like they're representing us, but they don't actually represent us. That's my feeling about it. So as we look towards the new American, and, and this is something I've wanted to game out for a while, what will America be if it implodes the way most people feel it will right now? Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. Quick break and more coming your way on WTIC. something from the Todd Feinberg Show? Listen to the podcast on WTIC.com slash podcast. Nice to have you here. I like this time of year. I do. But I like early summer better because it's hotter for longer. Yeah. This is, uh, we don't have that much time left. We've got to cherish it. Paul, Rocky Hill. Hi, Paul. Hi. Good afternoon. Um, this thing about turning the country around with a, a new government or a new form of government, I've been barking for, on social media for years now. If we don't find a way 
to bring about a first American Reformation, we're going to end up having a second American Revolution. What does that and mean, think, a Reformation? What's that word that mean? Way. Well, we have to reform this country. You, know, you hear the Reformation, it's as if it were a religious event. Mm -hmm. The same thing has to happen in, in a government, especially in this government. How would you do that? Reform. Like, what form would it take? Do you have a vision for that? Yeah, I do, actually. Thanks for asking. I've been barking about this on social media, too. There's a term called social capital. Have you ever heard of it? Sure. I'm sorry, yes? Yes. Do you know what it is? Do you know how to define it? Social capital. Interesting. Have I thought about what that means? I've assumed that it meant something of built-up kind of respect for norms that everybody holds as having some importance. Yeah, that'll work. Uh, that's the 40,000-foot view, okay? I've got my own definition. It's very simple. I think it applies to what we need to do in this country. It, social capital is a community where people care as much about everybody else's well-being as they care about their own well-being. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? Yeah, I guess. I like that. Can you that. picture that if we start at the neighborhood level and do that? Well, that's, we you're talking about America as it was uh, 50 years ago other. or whatever. You see, when, when you do it that way, and I've had experience with this right in the city of Hartford, if you do it that way and you get people to care about each other, when they then when they have arguments or when I was... Well, of course, we get that. The question is, how do you get from here to there? We're at the opposite end of the spectrum right now. We're... You know, we don't know each other. We don't know our neighbors. We don't uh, necessarily have a sense of community in the community well, we, we live in. Our communities, and the communities, the communities in this country over the last seventy-five years have diminished so greatly that we're so divided, so fractured that when we get into arguments with each other, now we simply take out a gun and shoot each other. We don't try to talk it out. So, well, a there, few people do that. We have to build our communities, and I think at this point we need to make almost mandatory some form of education in the concept of social capital. You see, our, our government is trying to solve our social problems with legislation alone, and it can't be done that way. There has to be some level of faith-based approach. Now, social capital isn't faith-based approach. But you have to have some degree of faith in order to buy into that system. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for that, Paul. It's an interesting idea, and I think it's on the right wavelength. Mark West Hartford. Hi, Mark. Hey, my friend. Hey, nobody. So you know, the big discussion is free tuition, whether it be ten grand, twenty grand. And the other day, I was talking to my son who went to UConn. Nobody has brought up that. Everybody's outraged with public funding for school breakfast, lunches, whatever. Does anybody realize that you're required, when you live on campus in most universities in this country, you're required, you're forced to have a meal program. So, for instance, at UConn, it's the cheapest one is $5,800 for the year. Yikes. You can, have, you can have your student live there for the entire, or stay there during the school year for their entire four-year or in my son's case, six years, we didn't opt for him to be on campus. But in a four-year plan, you're at $23,000 to feed your kid. Just for the, just for just the food. Just for the meal plan. So 
what made me think of it is Quinnipiac opened up some new student center, and you should see the restaurant, the wood-fired pizza, and I'm looking at it. So I looked them up real quick, and, you know, Quinnipiac isn't a large. The cheapest program they got is 3600 for the year, and it goes up to 44 mm-hmm. UConn, the most expensive plan, is 6400 Wow. And, and, and nobody is realizing, like, okay, you might, that ten grand if they get it, you might be just paying for their free lunch, their breakfast burrito at, 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 at breakfast and their fully loaded nachos at lunch and their tacos at night and churros for dessert. Well, how do you know that that yeah, Yukon that might be a caviar plan where you get treated like you're a young Ned? You yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I want people to to realize that you're not you're not solely paying for education with that money. You you might be again publicly funding a meal for these students. But look it up someday. Look up your university. Well, most people who have kids in college know what I'm telling you right now, but a lot of people aren't aware of it. You have to take the plan. And if you don't take a plan or pick one, they pick one for you. And sometimes it's not the cheapest one, depending on the college. Well, Mark, that's good news. Thank you for that. All right. Thank you. Nice to hear from you. I, I, my recollection is $600 a semester for the meal plan. I only had it for one semester. How much? Uh, I think it was around like 2000 something. Mm-hmm. Imagine how much pizza you could eat, though. And the food was not great. I mean, there's one place I liked. That was about it. Yeah, well, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't expect greatness from uh, from a, a small public university dining hall. I don't think. Anyway, we're talking about how to make the world better, and what if you were in charge of it? What would you demand? Afternoons on WTIC. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Miss something from the Todd Feinberg Show? Listen to the podcast on WTIC.com slash podcast. Uh, 
WTIC. Anthony just, as the music was playing and it was time for me to start talking, he says into my head, do you know anything about Marvel? And I said, the comics? And he said, yeah. And that's the end of the conversation, because then he says, you're on the air. It's kind of like when you go to the dentist. And the dentist asks you a question right when he sticks the drill into your tooth. <laughs> what, what exactly are you supposed to do? Well, Elon just reminds me of like a real-life Tony Stark, who's Iron Man. So that's the only reason I said that. Oh, okay. 860-522-9842. Joining us now, Jim Watkins, our friend from Florida. Hello there, James. Wait, it's not working. Uh, the last few days of summer? Well, start over. We didn't have you at the beginning. Oh, just wondering how your summer is going, my friend. Oh, it's awesome. Summer summer doesn't go badly. It's just well, a good thing. Well, you know, I mean, I asked you earlier if you were worried about a bad winter, and you said you think you're going to have a long summer. Yep. And nobody's complaining about that, right? Well, it has to happen first before they'll complain. People complain about everything. Yeah, they sure do. They always find something to be upset with, but it's the way it is. I mean, we all, uh, we all you know, I was, I, I'm reading some really good books, and one of the, the common threads is that, you know, we've all become accustomed to this very complex society, uh, and sometimes we don't realize that we kind of lose touch with people. And you were mentioning earlier that you went away for the weekend, and, and I've started to feel that way, too, where my wife and I, we just don't get out enough. I've, I've fallen into the, ba the bad habit of avoiding people, and uh, it's mostly because they annoy me. But you know, still, it, it, it isn't a good thing when you become sort of closeted in your own little bubble, and uh, I think that's where the tension comes from. And it also festers a lot of the frustration that we have because, like me or you, we sit and watch a lot of TV and take in a lot of news. Is it really useful to have all that information? I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Do I really need to know everything, you know? But well, it's, I, like, I, it, it, it's like they're giving us information, but they, I don't know that there's actually any information. I was thinking about that over the weekend watching some stuff on TV, and I'm saying there's, no, there's nothing here. It's all garbage. I know, so, right? I mean, if the top story is, I mean, how many times did they show that kid saving his mother was having a seizure in a swimming pool. I mean, that thing was the headline news on Friday, Saturday. It was on Inside Edition. I think they did a segment on 60 Minutes. I mean, they just there's nothing else to talk about but but the weather and the kid who saved his mother from a seizure in a swimming pool. You know, well, that's the so, preference now for news organizations. They don't actually do news. News is hard work, you know, yeah. and and just running uh, teasing a segment where we're going to be playing the viral video from yesterday. You're going to love it. Look at this little look at this little guy, and then you, yeah. you make sure there's a dog or a cat in there, and you get good ratings. Why why have reporters? On the other hand, I'm really glad I haven't seen Liz Cheney's face in a week, so that's good. We're making progress. Oh, next uh, week you'll miss her. Change, huh? You'll miss her next week. Do you think Liz Cheney's a bad person? What's your take on her? I think Liz Cheney is the the face of the Republican Party that is trying to stay relevant, but the party has moved on. That's what I think. I think she is the, the echo of what she hopes the Republican Party used to be, and she thinks that a lot of people who are in the Republican Party are under hypnosis, which is not true, 
and she's she's running on that. She will be a candidate. Uh, I, I kid you not. And I think Nancy Pelosi. I just have this feeling that she probably said, "Look, you know, we'll get out of your way if you help us now with this J six thing. We'll get out of your way if you decide to run for president against Trump. Maybe you can knock him out." You know. But the way I look at things is that everybody, so you have a bunch of people who we know want to run for president. We know the former vice president wants to run for president. We know the governor of Florida wants to run for president. We know that Liz Cheney is looking at it, trying to figure out a way it might work. And it strikes me that anybody who's got a possibility that they could actually win the presidency is pursuing it in some way or another at one point or another if you see the path and you're one of those ambitious people how do you resist the temptation and then the problem is you have to figure out well what's your lane what could the argument be that you would make to voters or what would the niche be the void in the marketplace that you could fill and desantis is filling the he's trump without the 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 trump foibles Right. He's the guy who has the professional decorum, but he also speaks in a way that has the intensity and the bombast that is that makes Trump lovable. And everybody's figuring out what their path is. So I just figure Liz Cheney's doing the same thing. She figures at some point there's a good chance that Donald Trump will go off to jail because that's how the Democrats want to get rid of him. And when that happens. She wants to be the one who said, I told you so, for the, in the biggest way. Well, it's not going to happen, and she could, she could live in that pretend world as long as she wants to. Uh, <laughs> I'll have no part of it. <laughs> but, but, but who, but who if, if Trump is not around, for whatever reason, well, just Mark, say he's Mark, not around, what happens to the a, Republicans? Yeah, what happens is a smart Republican, whether it's, uh, you know, we have, Several Florida leaders here, each of what I think would make great candidates. So Rick Scott is undervalued, but he's a key player. He published his, you know, 12 things that we need to, you know, campaign on, uh, the 12 Republican platforms, which was, was very solid, very sound. It borrowed a lot from everything that a lot of it were Trump policies. Uh, and I don't even want to call them Trump policies. They were just policies that, we, that worked, you know, less regulation, more energy, at the core of everything now, it seems, now that COVID is out of the way, any smart Republican running will understand that the way to win is to tell people, if you hire me, I will get the gas flowing in, a, in America once again. Mm-hmm. That uh, core to everything else that's going on right now is the energy crisis, which is a self-inflicted wound thanks yeah. to a president who's been uh, hijacked by the far left. Yeah, but what type of, who would be the candidate in concrete terms? Which person do you see jockeying for position that makes you think if Trump wasn't around and interest in Trump was starting to dissipate in two years, which I think it, it has, polls indicate that, that um, he still has a ton of support and he's still the biggest guy on the Republican side, but he also isn't what he was four years ago. So what you're asking me is, who do you think has just as much appeal uh, that would would carry it to a victory. And I, no, and I, I don't. Say, I, I'm not yeah. even comparing it to Trump. I'm just saying there's a void because mm-hmm. Trump is the most powerful guy. He disappears. Which person do you see out there jockeying for position who you think is best situated? Yeah, that's a tough one. I don't think Pompeo has it. Although I I love his heart and I love his spirit, mm-hmm. Mike Pompeo. 
I would have to say Marco Rubio probably could resonate. Uh, he would certainly resonate with Hispanics who are flocking to conservati- uh, conservatism. But he so lacks he, that that uh, gusto that that makes Trump function, <laughs> don't you think? Well, that well, yeah, that's true. That's true. But I think that the Republicans are are more afraid of a repeat uh, in twenty twenty four than they are. Uh, uh, there's just the divide is is instilled between the two. It is going to be, I think, I hate to say this because I say it every four years, but it's going to be contentious as hell. It, it's 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 not it's good. They are going to mudsling like, you know, the question right now we, we really need to talk about is which side is the FBI on, because their credibility has com- is is eroding uh, faster than Gavin ne- Gavin Newsom's. Uh, wish to get rid of electric cars. He is. Uh, he Gas is. Cars. I think. Yeah, because it, it, at the end of the day, the Democrats really have nobody. And Biden just announced today that he's filed papers to form a committee to determine whether he'll run in 2024. And I think that's going to scare a lot of Democrats if he decides to run. Uh, Newsom, I think, is the odds-on favorite for the Democratic Party in 2024. They want Newsom. To do to Cal, they want Newsom to do to America what he's doing to California. <laughs> yeah, I don't see how somebody from California is even vaguely viable. California yeah. votes Democrat anyway, so you don't need somebody from there. You're not winning any any electoral votes because the guys from there, and you would lose a ton, wouldn't you? Because all they'd have to do is put up ads about the people um, using the sidewalk as a restroom in San oh, Francisco. Sure. But that's the best they got. I can't think of anybody else except AOC, uh, who has that that sort of. Hillary won't come back. I don't. I don't think she's she's past her prime. So it, it's. But we're only uh, sixty days away from the midterms. And 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 going back to the FBI, I think Mark Zuckerberg opened a can of worms last week in declaring that the FBI took sides and did what they could to uh, prevent Biden from losing and using high-tech to do it. And mm-hmm. I think that is going to be the story. But it won't be the story in the mainstream news. It'll be the story on the alt-news circuit, the Breitbarts, which are pushing heavily, the town, town halls, all the alternative, what they call the alternative media, mm-hmm. which is really not that alternative. It's the preferred media. NBC's ratings are so poor right now that they're going to eliminate 10 p.m. programming. Did you hear about that? 10 p.m.? In other words, they'll they're have cutting no down on prime time. They're cutting down on prime time because they can't afford it, which means they're losing money, which means they're losing viewers. And why are they losing viewers? Because they've embraced woke uh, to the tenth degree. They have, have completely wokeified. Uh, all of their shows seem to be wokeish, and the American public just don't want it anymore. They're they're tired of it. Uh, I went and saw a great movie this weekend with my wife, uh, Bullet Train. There was not a, an ounce of woke anywhere to be found. Meanwhile, the new head of uh, was it uh, the Discovery uh, Warner Brothers mm-hmm. uh, is axing a two hundred million dollar movie because he knows in his heart it's going to fail because of wokeism. So they're starting to see a tide now. I think you mean because it's it's got a woke personality to it. This movie, yeah, they're they're basically wokeifying. What is it, Batgirl? They're turning into a lesbian and she's you know it's just it's got oh who would go see that well i mean i wouldn't mind if it was angelina jolie (laughs) uh you know 
but that would be fine with me. But anyway, uh, so you could see that there's a pendulum shifting, and it's swinging back the other way, and thank God for that. You think that the left has run out of steam and that people yes. are going to come out in November and vote in droves for Republicans. And that would be reflected in the fact that a million people have shifted from de being Democratic registered to Republican registered. Just in 2021, that happened. I think so. I, I think people are seeing through the facade of what's been happening, covid really opened a lot of our eyes to how eager our leaders were willing to jump in and turn our states into totalitarian prisons. And I think that was a wake-up call, not only to conservatives who had already, who always suspected it, but I think a lot of moderate Democrats were shocked at the power grab from people like Whitmer and Hochul and others. They were, uh, I mean, people lost their businesses, Todd. People lost their businesses, their kids at home getting addicted to fentanyl. And this all comes from the top, and people are, uh, you know, they're upset. They're extremely upset. How about the Supreme Court abortion overturning Roe v. Wade, and, and how does that work as a countervailing force? I don't think it's as big as the media makes it out to be. Uh, the media drove the narrative. They drove the protests. Most people understand that maybe it is something best decided by the state. Oh, I got a better idea. Maybe it is best decided by the family. You ever think of that? And so I think the media is playing it as if it's this big uh, monumental thing that has to be corrected. And the people on the street are saying, wait a minute, you know, we, we don't want to have to pay for this. And that was the issue all along, is why are, we, why are we subsidizing the abortion industry? It had gotten out of control. Anthony, we need so, a break here? No? Okay, good. We can keep talking. So your, your feeling is that there's a silent majority, to, to use that tired old expression. I think so. It, it's a, an aroused majority, you know. Uh, they, they've been aroused by what they've seen, and they've had time, and now the fog has sort of lifted. You know, take into consideration that Anthony Fauci, Fauci is retiring in December because he knows what's coming. Uh, take, for example, the FBI whistleblower who opened up the can of worms about the FBI and the Hunter laptop story. He, he was actually escorted out of the building, but they said he retired. So you can see that they're trying to distance themselves from the administration. And then they're doing it because they can see down the road three, four months, there's going to be a transformative change in the upper echelons of the U.S. government. And I, for one, uh, and by the way, we should not let our guard down either. I think that a lot of people who uh, think about in Florida, we had a massive change in school boards yeah. uh, because people were not happy with the way the school boards were going. And that's, I think, you know how Breitbart said that culture uh, run, or politics runs downstream from culture. Mm -hmm. If you see it on the local level, that means that it's starting to get to the national level. And in state after state after state, uh, people are saying, you know what, we let these guys in charge and now they want to take our kids. Enough is enough. We have to stop this. So I'm We're talking to Jim Watkins. Jim, what's your website these days? FloridaLifeIsBetter.com. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that. I forgot about that one. FloridaLifeIsBetter.com. That's right. And your listeners are always so gracious because every time I come on and talk to you, 
I get a big kick in my my download. So thank you for that. Oh, that's good. But, Everyone, go to that website and give give uh, Jim his little evening thrill when he goes and looks at his <laughs> his visit counter. My affirmation. <laughs> so what do, what would you predict? I'm I'm really trying to imagine what the future holds. How do we get from here to there? Whatever there is, how do we progress? past the point we're at right now we've got i mean i i feel like the democrats are firmly committed to not allowing finding some way to not allow donald trump to run for office again and if he's banned if, if they convict him of some crime and that that makes him ineligible for office but i don't know if such a thing is true is there a crime for which the constitution just says you have to be over 35 and a natural born u.s citizen doesn't it yeah, 35 newborn, uh, natural-born citizen. Uh, you know, I don't know. I think AOC can run, but I think she's too, you know, hey, look, you know, uh, Trump won. So, you know, nothing is beyond the realm of possibility. No, the trouble, for, it, the trouble with AOC as a candidate for the Democrats is that she reveals all of the things that make normal people run away from democrats and she's she's the one fist pounding for those things that repel normal americans isn't that right that's right and that's why people are starting to wake up so if they take trump out let's follow this down its logical trail that's going to upset the conservatives 10 times as much so if desantis does decide to run if trump is not there his key will be finding well he won't even need to find a great candidate like a you know, Larry Elder is now throwing his hat in the ring. He may run. He could end up being on the ticket, uh, DeSantis Elder ticket, and that would give him the ability to check off that, you know, African-American vice president box, uh, although I don't think that'll matter to most people. Or he could go with, or it could be a Rick Scott, uh, Ron DeSantis ticket, which would not be bad. You'd have two former uh, governors of Florida running the, <laughs> running the country. That, that would, would be, be pretty like wild. <laughs> So, but uh, either way, I, I, I do think right now the, 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 you know, I don't think McConnell's going to last. I think he'll be out uh, in, in his next election. He'll be gone uh, because he's betrayed the Republican Party way too much. So those are just predictions. I mean, you know, anything could happen between now and then. Look, the good news is COVID mm-hmm. appears to be over in terms of fear and all of that, at least in the United States. I mean, but I saw, you know, they're teasing COVID. Winter's coming up, and there's most experts say there will be another surge. And now they're talking about the new vaccine, and it's going to work better, even though it's not being tested on humans. Yeah, good luck with that one. I don't. People are, but you know, it's like when you wake up. You know, the the screenwriter Mamet, uh, I forget his first name, but he he was the one that screenplayed the verdict. And one of his famous lines from that Paul Newman classic is that people have a uh, two things. One, they have a sense of the truth. Mm-hmm. They understand when they're being lied to. And they have a great sense of justice. And I think those characteristics of the American, the average American citizen has never changed. We are very trusting. We will allow people uh, only so much. But once we get the sense that, w- that we're not getting what we expect, uh, we shut them down, and I think that's what's going to happen. Here's the headline. Democrats are shut down in 2022. Shut down. And Nobody votes for a Democrat nationwide. <laughs> Not one vote. And turn off ABC News, by the way, too. <laughs> yeah, well, how about turn all of them? Media. <laughs> yes, there you go. All right, Jim, thank you so much for being here. What's that website again? 
FloridaLifeIsBetter.com. And, Todd, it's always a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you. Jim Watkins, we'll talk to you again soon. Florida Life is better, he says. And I don't think he's going to get a lot of argument from us, although we've never tried it before, have we? We haven't, we haven't had the pleasure of finding out if really you get bored, having every day be beautiful. 860-522-9842. Wow. This, that, that hour went by so fast, it's, it's hard to fathom. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.